Welcome to the Growing in Love for Life podcast, where it's all about saving and strengthening your marriage and creating the relationship you really deserve and want to have. And now, from growinginloveforlife.com, relationship and marriage coach and best-selling author, your host, Liam Naden. Episode 20 of the Growing in Love for Life podcast. Hi everyone, it's Liam Naden here, and welcome back. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, I, I hope by now that you're starting to get the drift of what I'm on about in my approach to marriage and relationships. And surely, and probably by now, you'll have noticed that it's, it's a very different approach to counselling, and it's really based on what I've what I've observed to be the the differences between a great relationship or a great marriage and an average or a poor one. So my approach is really very much that along the lines that if you can discover what successful people do, and in fact that not only applies to marriage but in any area of life really, but if you can figure out what successful people do and if you do what they do, then you're very likely to get the same result. But there's an important thing to remember here. And that is, you've not only got to do what people do who are in great marriages, but even more importantly, you've, you've got to think the way they think. And that's why so much of what I do, both in these podcasts and in my books and in my Save Your Marriage program, it's very much focused on getting you to think and to think a little bit differently and start to think about you know, a lot of the things that we take for granted. Think about them in a, in a different way and say, are these things really true? And I I often say to people, you know, I don't want to give you the right answers. What I want to give you are the right questions. Because if you know what the right questions are, and you ask those questions yourself, and you give yourself honest answers, then you're going to be able to come up with your own answers and your own solution, and the solution that's right for you. And everybody's different. Everyone has their own right solution. And that comes from asking the right questions. And the other thing I've found that if you come up with the right answers to your own issues rather than just be given them by someone else, then then you're going to know a lot more deeply and you're going to have a lot more confidence and conviction that you've got the right answers. And when you when you know that, you're much more likely to follow through and take some action. And of course, it's the action that you take that's really going to give you the result that you want. So that's really my goal with these podcasts is to give you things to think about and to help you come up with your own solutions. And of course, if you want to see results much more quickly, I'd really like you to think about joining my Save Your Marriage Relationship Transformation Program. That's where I dig very deeply into you and your relationship and we come up with a a step-by-step plan that's really going to work for you in your own situation to to not only save your marriage but to strengthen it as well and make it really work for you long-term and turn it into that wonderful happy place that you really have always wanted it to be. So if you'd like more information about my Save Your Marriage Relationship Transformation Program, you can get all of the details at the website, liamnaden.com slash program, that's P-R-O-G-R-A-M, or you could always send me an email if you, if you want some more information as well, which is uh, liam, L-I-A-M, at growinginloveforlife.com. But have a look at Liam Naden, L-I-A-M-N-A-D-E-N, dot com slash program and see if the Save Your Marriage Relationship Transformation Program is right for you.
Alright, so that's a bit of a preamble, if you like. So let's get on to the topic that I want to talk about today. And it's a pretty big one. It's about communication. And I'm sure you've heard a lot about the importance of communication. It really is one of the most critical aspects of success in any relationship. But it's especially so in a marriage or an intimate relationship where really communication is absolutely critical. But what I want to give you in this podcast, I mean, you might have already heard a lot about communication and you know, there's, a, there's a ton of information out there of courses you can do. You can read endless books on the subject. You can do courses and seminars and whole programs on, on improving your communication. But what I want to give you in this podcast is something a little bit different. And really, it's, if you like, a bit of an insight into the way communication really works. And what's really happening when we're communicating with someone? And again, I've based these ideas on observing what people do when they have great communication, particularly in a marriage or an intimate relationship. And some of these ideas might seem a little bit different, or actually they might also seem a bit basic. But if you just follow along with me here in this podcast, there's some, because there's something else I want you to keep in mind, and that's if there's been a time in your marriage or relationship with your spouse when you had great communication, then I think you're going to find that the information I, I share with you here, you're going to be able to relate to that. And you're going to be able to see that in all probability, what I'm talking about, and what I'm talking about is key to great communication, is probably exactly what you were doing when you had great communication in your relationship. And it's probably what you've stopped doing right now if you're having problems. So my aim here is to give you a bit of awareness as well of what you were probably did used to do that did work. So then you, once you're aware of it, you can start doing those things again. And just one thing to note before we start, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to give you a whole raft of communication techniques. You know, too often when our communication isn't going well and when we've got these problems, we think, well, we need to develop some, some more communication skills or maybe learn some new techniques. But the funny thing is that, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, that when we're actually communicating well in a relationship, and maybe that was early on in our relationship, it probably was, that, that communication is not actually the result of knowing techniques. What it's really about is where we are in our head in that particular moment. It's the space we're in. And I'm sure you'd agree, if you think back to the early days of your relationship and things were going really well, you were in a completely different mental and emotional space to when you were in, in a relationship and things are going badly. So that's what this is about, this whole communication thing. I'm going to share with you things about, about creating the right mental space, if you like, for communication to happen brilliantly and to happen, happen naturally. And if you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, this will become clearer as we go along. Alright, well I think the first thing to think about before we get started is to really look at what communication really is. You know, what is communication? And what is, what is effective communication? What does it really mean? And I looked up the dictionary, always a good place to start when you want to know the meaning of something. And it defines communication as, quote, the successful conveying or sharing of ideas and feelings. The successful conveying or sharing of ideas and feelings. 
So let's look at what this definition really means. And I think the key word in the definition is actually successful. Because for communication to be successful, it has to create an intended response in the other person. In other words, if you're communicating with somebody, for it to be successful, they need to do or think or feel the way that you want them to do, think or feel. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? You just don't want to convey or share an idea or feeling with someone else and have them say, oh, well, thanks very much for telling me, or, or to completely ignore you. No, when you communicate with someone else, you want a response, and you want a particular response, and you want them to do something with the information that you give them, and you want to see a change in some way. Now, that might be pretty obvious, but what it means is several things. Firstly, the key with communication, successful communication, is it's not about what you say, it's about what the other person hears. So if the response you get from the other person is not what you intended, you know, which might be if they get angry or hostile or ignore you, then the thing is that they didn't hear what you intended them to hear. And that's a really important thing to realise. And another thing that is important to realise about successful communication, which is, if you like, related to that, is that really right communication or successful communication if you're communicating with someone else, is actually your responsibility. So if the other person didn't get the message that you intended and you didn't get the outcome that you intended, then you simply haven't done it right. You haven't given them the right message. You haven't used the right method or, or um, technique, if you like. You haven't done it in the right way, and therefore the solution, which is to get the right outcome, the one that you want, really lies with you. So there are a couple of very important things to realize about what successful communication actually is. Alright, so let, let's get on and, say, and look at how do you improve communication in your marriage and how do you create great communication. And the title of this podcast I've given is The Key to Creating Great Communication in Your Marriage. And there are several things you can do, and they're, they're all important, but there is one single key, and that's what we're going to cover. And as I said, it's not really about learning techniques. I mean, techniques certainly can help, and I have some very powerful ones that I cover in my Save Your Marriage program that, that really accelerate massively people's communication. It's, uh, they're, they're very, very powerful. But I want to give you the real key to cre creating great communication in your marriage and if you like this is the magic ingredient and once I say it it's probably going to seem obvious and you might even think that it's so basic that the maybe there's a trick to it maybe there's something more to it but no there isn't that this it is a simple concept of course the trick is to actually create it and it might be a simple concept but applying it might take a little bit more effort and that's what I'm going to talk about for the rest of the podcast um, is how to actually apply it but here it is. Here is the magic key. And you might want to, do we have a drum roll for this? No, no we don't. But the magic key to creating great communication is you have to get your spouse to want to communicate with you. And in other words, 90% of great communication is simply the willingness and desire of the other person to understand you. Now if you really think that through, I think you'll you'll agree that it's absolutely true. And if you think back to the 
early days, and here's, here's a way to prove to yourself that it's actually true. If you think back to the early days of your relationship, wasn't it true that your, your spouse now, then, they wanted to communicate with you. They wanted to know what you were thinking. They, they were open to you. They enjoyed finding out what you wanted. And if you said something in a certain way and they didn't really understand it or they, they, they took it the wrong way or they misunderstood you, wasn't it true that you both, subconsciously really, but you both put in an effort to make sure that the other understood you? And you did it in a way that there was no antagonism or no hostility or no ill feeling. It was just, oh, no, I, d I didn't think you, I didn't realize that's what you meant. So what did you mean? Or, you know, no, you didn't hear what I said. This is what I meant. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? And there was probably a whole atmosphere of that of a willingness to really do whatever it took and to either talk things through or, or communicate in different ways so that you really understood. There was a willingness there, a, an enthusiasm, if you like, for the other person to understand and communicate with them. And what happens when a relationship is not going well and when the communication shuts down people don't want to communicate they don't want to know do they maybe you're in that situation with your spouse maybe you want to talk about your marriage maybe you want to talk about your problems maybe you want to talk about how you can have a happy marriage and do you feel them shutting down they maybe they don't want to talk about it maybe blatantly don't want to talk about it or maybe they're reluctant but they don't have the same willingness or desire to really communicate with you and that's the big difference, is this willingness to communicate and to engage, really, in communication. Now, there's many reasons why that might be the case, and it's often very closely tied up with, with waning attraction that you, your spouse might feel towards you. you know, they, don't, they don't feel as attracted to you. They, they're usually not as emotionally involved with you as they used to be. You know, if you're going through problems, that, that's almost certainly the case. That's one of the major causes of problems, the lack of emotional involvement. So from this you can see one of the keys to improving communication is actually improving attraction. And I'm going to talk about um, a bit about this in, the, in this podcast, and it's um, something I cover in great detail in the Save Your Marriage program. Alright, so it is all about attraction, it's all about communication, it's all about creating an environment where there's a willingness to communicate. And, you know, again I make the point, if you think back to the early days of your relationship, you may, you probably, you almost certainly, I would say, unless you'd done something professionally or you'd have particular interest in this, you probably hadn't done any courses in communication, you probably hadn't read any books on communication. You know, most people do those things when communication has gone wrong, when they're having problems in their communication. They want to know how to fix them. But you were able to communicate quite well, presumably, and and naturally, without knowing all these techniques, because you had your head in the right place. So what I want to share with you now are some ways to get your head back into the right place so that this whole atmosphere and environment and willingness to, commu to communicate becomes much more positive. And it all comes back to where it probably was originally in your relationship when things were, were wonderful and good in the communication area. So here are some practical ways that you can get your spouse to want to communicate with you and to, to literally, if you like, make it their responsibility to, to get them to want to take on the responsibility to, of understanding what you're really trying to tell them. 
And another way of saying that is to get them to be interested enough in you so that they don't see just communicating with you as a chore or a or a hassle or a pain, but they but they see it as something enjoyable, something they they do out of love for you, out of concern for you, and because they simply just enjoy doing it with you, and communicating with you. So all right, so how do we create this this environment, this um, atmosphere of a willingness and a desire to communicate? Right. Well, here's the first step, and this is a really important one. It's probably the most important one. And that is to feel good about yourself. Now, the, the the thing is, if you want your spouse to feel good about you, then you have to feel good about yourself. This is absolutely one of the keys to a successful relationship. And it's one of the keys to saving your marriage if you want to. You have to feel good about yourself. And the more you think about this, the more you realize it's absolutely true and it's absolutely vital. You know, if you want your spouse to love you, you have to love yourself. Now, why is that? You know, why is it so important to feel good about yourself? Because the reality is, when you feel good about yourself, you're happy. You're a happy person. You're a fun person. You're good to be around. And other people, including your spouse, they all want to be around fun and happy people. Nobody wants to be around somebody who's miserable, doesn't like their life, doesn't like themselves and doesn't do anything about it and just has a miserable life. You know, we, we like to be around people who feel good about themselves, who are having fun, who are happy people. And because it makes us feel good. And that's going to make your spouse feel good when you're feeling good about yourself. Now, I could go on about this. And in fact, I could probably devote a whole podcast on how you can feel good about yourself. In fact, it's really a lifetime study, I think. In, in learning how to feel good about yourself and, and also knowing why it's so important. But if you really want to improve your communication and your marriage from no matter where it is at the moment, then the place to start is feeling good about yourself. And it's really worth spending some time on this. And there's a few, and you really need to do this by thinking and asking yourself some questions. And what I'd suggest with these questions is to, to start to make a list of all of your answers. But here are the questions to start to ask yourself. What's good about you? What are your positive qualities? You know, what do other people admire about you? What do people say that they admire about you? Or what do you think they would admire about you? And what do you admire about yourself? You know, and what are some of the things that you've achieved or done in your life that you're really, really proud of? What are some of those things? Now, these are some really powerful questions. And when you, when you really think about these things, things and spend some time thinking about them and coming up with a list. You're going to find it's going to be quite a long list and you want to make it as long a list as you can about all the things that are good about you. And you know there's good in everybody and there's certainly a tremendous amount of good about you. And I guarantee you that you're going to, if you really do this you're going to come up with a long list because as I say there is a lot that's really great about you. So that's the first step is to feel great about yourself, to feel good about yourself. Really, really important. Now the second step is to make your spouse feel good about themselves. And I think we've got, again I could devote a whole podcast to this, on how you do this, but I think we've got the wrong end of the stick here about, you know, when I say you have to make them feel good. And a lot of people automatically say to me, well, you know, but, but I don't want to go, I don't want to just make them feel good because it makes me feel bad. 
are. But remember the first step was to make yourself feel good first. And when you make your spouse feel good from a place when you, where you feel good, you're doing it in a completely different way. So let me explain a little bit about what I mean. You know, someone once said, they, they said, marriage is a mutual admiration society whose sole purpose is for two people to focus on making each other feel good. And you know, that is absolutely true. It's so true. That is the whole purpose of being in a marriage. It's for two people to make the other person feel good. And you know, the problems start happening when one person stops feeling good. Wouldn't you agree? When you think about your marriage, when one of you stopped feeling good, that's when conflict started to arise. When one person's needs weren't being met. And that's what I'm saying when you say, well, it's all real for me to make my spouse feel good, um, but they're not they're making me feel good. That's true, but that's not a reason for you not to try and make them feel good. But there's another point to this. When you realize that your job is to make your spouse feel good, and that's simply all your job is, if you want to call it a job, then there's a few things here that mean you're going to have to act quite differently to the way you probably are now. Because remember, your outcome is for them to feel good. Okay, so the first thing, it means if you, if you really want to make your spouse feel good, <laughs> and you might disagree with me on this one, but, you, but really think about it. If you want to make your spouse feel good, then you have to agree with everything they say. Okay, so if they say to you, they want to have an affair, say, okay, if that's what's, what you want to do, that's, that's what you want to do. I agree with you, perhaps you should have an affair. Perhaps uh, you know, if that's important to you, well, fine, off you go. Or if they if they want to uh, go somewhere, okay, if you want to go somewhere, that's what you want to, want to do. Now, you might say, but hang on, that doesn't make me feel good. Okay, sure, but if your job is to make them feel good, then just by agreeing with everything they say is going to make them feel good, isn't it? Because what I'm really getting at here about why it's important to make your spouse feel good is because if you create the opposite of making your spouse feel good, if you don't go, if you don't agree with everything they say, what are you going to create? You're going to create hostility, aren't you? And if you and hostility only makes things worse, and it's the and the quickest way to soften the host, uh, to soften the hostility is just to agree with them. Okay, at least on the outside. But remember, you're focusing on feeling good about yourself, so you can just agree with them. Okay, but you want to soften the hostility because if you don't agree with what they say, they are going to be hostile, and that's just going to build a bigger wall, and you're only going to push them further away. The second thing is don't criticize them. Now you probably know this already, but criticism never changes anybody. I think I said that in an earlier podcast. So agree to stop criticizing. So if they do something you don't like, or if they say something you don't like, then just ignore it. I know it's easier said than done, but that's another way to make your spouse feel good, is just to never criticize them. Okay, we've all got things that are wrong with us anyway, but that's not what you want to focus on. And the third thing is praise them for their good points. So if you're going to say something, say something positive and, and mean it as well. And isn't that what you did earlier in your relationship? Didn't you tend to not criticize? Didn't you tend to praise them for the things that they did well? In other words, you focused on the positive. So those things are going to make your spouse feel good. And that's really important. Because at the end of the day, if you want to bring your spouse back to you, if you want to uh, 
um, make them more attracted to you. Say if your marriage is falling apart and they want to leave, you know, the more you can make them feel good about you, the more they're likely to come back. But the more you criticize, be negative, and make them feel bad and hostile, the more they're going to want to leave. So second thing, really important, do those things to make your spouse feel good. Okay, the number three is be an interesting person. You know, if you want your spouse to talk to you, have some interesting things to say. And I don't mean just about the weather, but, you know, find something interesting that you can contribute to a conversation with them. You know, maybe things that are happening in the world or something you've personally observed that you can share an insight with or that you find interesting. You know, even add some humor, share a joke or a funny story, but be an interesting person so that they are actually probably going to want to talk to you. And the next thing is to be a positive person and only talk about positive things. And I mentioned this earlier about not criticizing and praising them and focusing on the positive. But, you know, you really need to focus on the positive in, in your communication. And this is a bad habit we get into when we're having problems in our marriage or in our relationship. Is that, that that's what people, that's all they tend to talk about is their problems and, and trying to fix things. But remember, whatever you focus, you're going to get more of. And, you know, who enjoys listening to someone thinking that at any moment when they're talking to them, if they haven't already, they're going to start criticizing or complaining or, or being negative. You know, nobody wants to talk to somebody like that. So you've got to make sure that you're not doing that. I don't mean here that you should ignore the things that aren't going right in your relationship. I don't think, I'm not saying ignore what's going wrong. But if you really want to solve your problems, then the way to do that is to focus on the solutions. And that's about deciding what you want, seeing the clear picture of what you want, and asking yourself, well, how can I get there? And that's a very different approach to saying, oh, I've got all these problems, how am I going to solve my problems? So you can focus on the solutions, focus on the positive, and, and be a positive person. That's, that's the fourth step. And the fifth thing is to be positive in your non-verbal communication as well. And think again back to the early part of your relationship. What did you tend to do there that was positive and was fun? Did you, you know, probably included some, some playful touch? And, and one of the most basic things, just a smile. I mean, the number of couples I talk to or the number of people I talk to, and I say, when was the last time you smiled at your spouse? And they can't think when. And these are, you know, these are habits that we get into, and I'm, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. It's very easy to get into this when you, you're in a downward spiral of negativity in your relationship, and you think you see things all falling apart. But you've got to break that pattern, don't you? And one of the ways is simply just to, just to smile, a genuine smile, obviously, but make it a genuine smile, and and smile often makes a big difference. Sixth step is to be fearless in your communication. So say what you think you know and if you say the wrong thing are you going to say the wrong thing from time to time are they going to misunderstand you are they going to get upset by what you say are they going to not like things of course but you know we all make mistakes and there are always misunderstandings and there's there's going to be some friction from time to time because you're human and well if you're alive you're human and you're going to make mistakes and of course the last podcast episode 19 was all about mistakes and so if you've got an issue with mistakes and you think they're not wonderful things which 
I think they are. It's, mistakes are not only natural, but they're, they're wonderful. Have a listen, if you haven't already, to the last episode about what mistakes really are. But you need to be fearless in your communication, not be afraid to say what you think, and to be honest. It's really important. And of course, you want your spouse to be honest, so you've got to be honest too. And the last thing is simply be cheerful. And again, this is just reinforcing the idea of being positive. You know, be somebody that somebody wants to talk to, that somebody finds interesting and wants to find out what they're, what they're feeling and, and feels compassion and love towards because they're a, a wonderful person. You be that wonderful person that you want your spouse to fall in love with. So be positive and optimistic. And, you know, this is true. I mean, sure, we all have our bad days and, and we don't feel great all the time, but, but, you know, you can fake it. And it's the old fake it till you make it. There's a, there's a lot to be said for, for acting and acting positive even when you don't necessarily feel it. And there are lots of ways you can cheer yourself up and, and snap out of a negative space as well. And one of them is to think back to the list you've created from the very first step about all the good things about you and the things that you've done in your life and, and all the things you can be grateful for as well. So that's really important is to have this cheerful, positive attitude that's going to make you a fun person that that your spouse is going to want to communicate with. So in su to sum up then, if you can start to do all of these things, then you're going to find that you're the sort of person your spouse wants to be around. You know, they're going to want to start communicating with you. They're going to want to hear what you have to say. Might be a while, might have been a while since that's happened, but they are going to want, to, they're going to respond to you in a different way. And it's all because you're being fun, positive, interesting, and constructive. And they're also going to want to really understand you and understand what you're thinking and feeling. You know, they're going to want to put in a bit of e an effort. So it doesn't rely on, on your clever techniques or, any, or anything like that. It relies on a mutual willingness, if you like, a desire to see the outcome, which is great communication. And if you're not sure, then why not give it a try? I mean, if you're listening to this, then chances are whatever you've Whatever you've tried up till now isn't working. So give this a try and just see what happens. And I think you'll be quite surprised at the different reaction you get. You know, communication is something, as I said earlier, that there have been vast things written about. You can do courses, seminars, etc. on how to improve your skills. But on the, it is really about the willingness of two people to hear what the other has to say. And I remember hearing the story about Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev when uh, when they were both the president of their respective countries and they wanted to end the arms race and you know obviously that all resulted in the end of communism and really they changed the world and apparently what happened they were having a meeting and of course it was probably through translators but but there was this hostility between Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev because of course they came from completely different um, different perspectives and, and different different philosophies and different ways of looking at the world and they had this expectation when they went to this meeting that that it was not going to go well and there was, so there was this hostility and apparently what happened was that and this is just a story I've heard second hand but, but there's a lot of truth in it a, a lot of powerful well there's a powerful lesson we can all learn about communication in this story but apparently things weren't going well and there was just no progress being made and there was all this hostility between Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev, this feeling of hostility. And Ronald Reagan 
being the actor that he was, <laughs> that he was, I guess, he turned around to Mikhail Gorbachev and he put out his hand and he said, "Let's start again. Hi, my name is Ron." <laughs> you know, and he expressed a willing, not only a willingness to communicate, but he presented an image to Mikhail Gorbachev that he was a person worthy of being communicated with that he wasn't going to be met with hostility, that there was a willingness there to communicate. And I think that's a really powerful story about what we really need to do to create an atmosphere that's going to create great communication in our marriage. And once we start creating an atmosphere of willingness to communicate, that's when you can see some transformations happening. So, as always, I hope you found this useful, and I hope you can hope it gives you something to think about and to apply as well and hopefully get some positive result in your relationship. And as I've said before, if you want to get much faster results, I'd love you to join me in my Save Your Marriage Relationship Transformation Program. It's a really great program. I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of the results I'm helping people get to really get their marriages back on track from, from really or often places of really deep pain back to getting them back together and getting things working properly which is the way it should be and you can find out all the details about joining the program and joining me on that at liamnaden.com slash program so thanks for listening have a great week and that's all for now talk to you soon bye